Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that doesn't have a crashing crypto exchange. I'm Scott Phillips. He is Andrew Crypto Page, the found, <laughs> founder and managing director of strawman.com. I am, I'm of course, verbaling you, mate, because it's not all crypto. It's just Bitcoin, isn't it? Isn't that the story? It, it is. It's not the same. Um, but whew, maybe maybe <laughs> more people need to get that memo. And exactly. or, or maybe maybe a, maybe a whole generation of uh, quote, a crypto, quote unquote, investors are learning, yeah. <laughs> are learning the, things out the hard way. And the investors in the exchanges, too. We'll talk about that in a second, mate. Uh, yeah. We've got a heap of stuff to get through. We will get through some of it and we will go on a lot of tangents because that's what we do but before i do mate i have to ask you a single question you know i'm going to ask you don't you we are a private online crypto exchange <laughs> uh, we we've got our own token we 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 blinked it out Raw of man coin i like it and we have uh, cross collateralized that into a bunch of other altcoins <laughs> and things are going well things are going great uh, give it a couple of days give it a couple of days Yes, right. Uh, that, of course, we are talking about strawman.com, and it's not a crypto exchange. There are some people who listen to the podcast going, oh, really? I better look it up. No, 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 no we're kidding. We're, no, we're kidding. No, 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 no. Page, no. page coin and We're an investment. Coin, thus far, at least. No, yes, investment. Yeah. <laughs> there, uh, we'll consign those to history. Uh, so we'll talk about a heap. Before I do, mate, I just want to, yeah, we'll, we'll do mailbag on, on Sunday, but I just had a, a quick one I wanted to throw, kind of throw in here because, um, you know, social media is, is wonderful. And, and occasionally, you know, I, I tweet, most of my followers are really, really good. Um, I did put a tweet out this week about banking disruption. I had some bloody troll hit me up about Bitcoin. I just thought, you know, you, you kind of think you're trying, to, you're trying to have a reasonable conversation. You're trying to do the right thing. You, you know, I, was, I was talking about the fact that, you know, with a, with a bank transfer now, you can only put 16 characters. Still, what do I say now? Still, after God knows how, like, what, 30 years of internet banking, you can still only use 16 characters to describe a, a transaction that you're, you know, EFTing to somebody. And so I said, oh, like, you know, when banks get disrupted, I won't be surprised. I was like, okay, we'll talk about banking and neobanks and maybe, you know, Apple Wallet or something else, different uses of cash and transactions. And some troll, some goddamn troll hits me up and, oh, it's all that Bitcoin. And then I looked at the handle and it was, it was, um, it, it was you. <laughs> I thought I thought you were just asking for it. When you're saying banks being disrupted, I thought I just I looked at it for like 30 seconds. But, mm, five yeah, seconds. I have, I have, I have seconds. yeah, five, three seconds. I was like, I have to reply to that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, but it is crazy though, right? Yeah. Like it's sort of like that, that, that you know, um, no, no, I, I hear what you're saying in terms of like the, the character, the, the description you can attach to a, to a to a transaction uh, very short um which is bizarre it's not like the internet's running out of bits right, right? Like, I mean, we, we left we left 144 character sms's and 140 character tweets behind years ago and banks still like no there's not there's, I, I couldn't possibly add a 17th character to this description i'm sorry oh, it's, it's going to have to be madness. some bizarre abbreviation that nobody knows because we've just cited 16 characters all it fits in this field it's like what you know in, in, who's, in whose modern world is that a thing I was reminded of it recently from another angle where I have I've got one of these ing like oh, yeah, high, yeah. <laughs> quote unquote high interest <laughs> <laughs> accounts yeah. the interest not as high as it once was no. but it's where I kind of keep a little bit of cash mm. and uh, you know things things are pretty cheap out there at the moment so I mean I'm moving some stuff around and so I need to I need to get it into Comsec so I need right. to transfer it to my savings account into my CDI account then into Comsec there's this mm. round robin kind of thing. Mm. It took like three days for me to get it. It's just like you talk about disruption. It's just like yeah. no one. You would have, you would think that someone's going down to the vault, 
filling up a bag, <laughs> yeah, walking right. down the street. You know, it's like, this is, oh. why does it take so long? I, know, I can't I understand know. it. Well, I can understand it because I've, I've, I've dug into the plumbing and it's just, these, these systems are just so old. And yeah. so you're right. They are absolutely right for disruption. I will say um, they are so much better than the Yanks. They, they don't have to happen to go in any meaningful way. Their interbank transfers are terrible. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, for all, of, for all of my, I think, justifiable, um, you know, grief at the banks and, and the banking system, I, I, if you look at the American system, it's just like, it's like a million times worse. It's, it's a, you know, I mean, talking about antiquated. Yeah, checks, checks are still a decent thing over yeah, there. Yeah, I know. Too, you know? <laughs> I know. It's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, the, it's a good reminder. It's a good, there's a lot of areas where you look at for potential disruption mm. and a lot of it might rely on technology mm. that's maybe at a very early stage or maybe even theoretical. You can imagine what would happen to the energy mm. sector mm. if fusion was, became a commercially viable real <laughs> real thing you know but yeah. this stuff this stuff yep. is like we have the technology in fact mm -hmm. you know forget bitcoin you, you this, this technology i know there's, there's been the it's potential like, has been around for 20 years exactly. to make this yeah. a better thing yeah it's like, it's like, I mean, bitcoin may well disrupt the whole thing but it's just literally if i want to send australian dollars from one point to another point the the yeah. hoops and the and the ridiculous restrictions are it's got to be secure it's got to be interoperable i get all those things but god sure. come on like you know so there was a new thing in conjunction with the RBA and the banks called PayID or OSKA, yeah, right. um, OSKA, yes. which is great. So I can just I can attach an email address or a phone number or something <laughs> to that, yeah, yeah. and it's it's instant, virtually instant, and virtually free. Yep. <laughs> it won't stay that way, but that's the idea, and and that's been actually a thing for a little while now. No one knows about it because again, the marketing has been terrible. Yeah, on yeah. It, but it goes to show you it's possible, right? Yeah. And I've gone to the I've gone to the effort of sort of setting that up on a few things, and it's you know once you wait the three days for them to decide that it's it's okay to do that, then after that point it's it's actually it is it is fast and it's instant. But it's just I guess my point was it's it things can always take longer than you think when you when you see things that are yeah. almost. I hesitate to use the word inevitable, but I, I think it's probably justified in yeah. this case where there's, there will inevitably be massive disruption to the banking mm -hmm. sector in whatever form that takes. Yeah. But you could have made that argument in 2012. And, yeah. and yet here That's we right. are 10 exactly. years later. Yeah. So things move, things can oh. move. I think my, my, one of my favorite mm. sayings of late is, is, um, um, slowly than suddenly. Yeah. And I think that's yeah, generally at the pace of how disruption kind of works. It's sort mm -hmm. of, it's, it just sort of sits there with, you know, little tiny incremental gains mm. and then everything happens all at once. Um, and <laughs> I just hope that all, that all at once starts happening sooner <laughs> rather than later with banks. Cause it's, and it's not, it's not just, it's not just the pain, pain of, of these processes, mm. but it's the costs associated with it as well. It's, it's good to be the king. And, yes. and, and yeah. you know, when, when you are a very cosy oligopoly, and I'll call it for what it is. Yeah, totally. You know, and, and you have incredible, uh, let's mm, let him mm. be a bit conspiratorial here. You have pretty, pretty decent oh, here political sway here. here. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you're, you're going you're gonna to protect your little fiefdom as, as much as you can and as mm -hmm. long as you can. And, and, yeah. and you can't blame that intent because, it, you know, to, to move some bits electronically mm -hmm. <laughs> over the internet and be able to charge... Mm. I got I got charged the the CBA charged me ten bucks the other day for an international money transfer because I like I one of the, we use Mailchimp and there's a few and Zoom and a few US sort of yeah, right, right, services right. for the business 
And so I, I make payments over that. And so there's, they're not Plus only- Plus the, the Cayman's you- accounts you've got and the, you know, the respect. <laughs> All of that. I mean, it's a, it's a, you're a very busy man internationally. Yeah, we well, they, they screw you. They <laughs> screw you both ways. One, they charge you a fee that is just like, look, yeah. I'm happy for you to cover your costs, but mm-hmm. $10, really? <laughs> not only that, but then on the on the currency transfer, they take, they take yeah. money on the spread. It's yeah. just sort of like- you know, you guys are asking for it, and I, I will not be. Yeah. I will not be uh, <laughs> shedding any tears when they are eventually disrupted. Mm, mm. It's uh, it's one of those things too. To your point about you know sl- slower than suddenly, I think that's the the other problem with being an incumbent. And this is you know I, I, I've. <laughs> Let's not quoting ourselves. We're at that age now. Where we've said things often enough. We've become our own cliche, so we can quote ourselves, which is always, which is always special. Um, but uh, yeah, on that same on that same idea, the the idea of kind of you know the being a disruptor is really, 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 really difficult. But yeah. once you get escape velocity, to use the kind of you know the um, the, the uh, astronomical aeronautical, what would you call it? Um, astronautical term. Anyway, yeah. if you're flying rockets into the air, and you, you once you get escape velocity, then all of a sudden things just they accelerate away. You know, it's hard and hard and hard and possible, mm. possible. So to your point, yes, it's slowly suddenly, but as a disruptor, the impact you have also kind of works the same way. It's incre- Imagine trying to fight the big banks. There's been these so-called neo-banks, these new banks that have gone broke all over the joint because they just can't make it work. Yeah. Wizard got bought out. Aussie Home Loans got bought out. We have a terrible, terrible record of new banks. Um, yeah, some rebrandings and some mergers, but genuinely new banks. I don't remember how long it's been since we had a genuine proper new one. Uh, but... Mm. Think about what does happen when, a la Kodak and digital cameras, I know it's a stupidly um, hackneyed example and very cliche, but that idea of like once that happens, mm. once the disruptor becomes or gets that critical mass, then the incumbent is in a world of hurt. Because can yeah. you imagine trying to change, once someone works out a way to reliably, safely, securely, quickly, efficiently, all that sort of stuff, mm. offer banking services, and the banks, you know, look into their virtual server rooms, which are, you know, not server rooms, and they go, oh, my God, we're working on green screens and stuff that's programmed in C++ and God knows what else. Mm-hmm. And we've got to modernize all this stuff all of a sudden. That, that, the, the weight of incumbency, the, the, the strength, the heft of incumbency becomes an absolute dead weight. And that's also the risk mode, to your point, is if you invest in an incumbent, it's normally stupidly profitable for a stupidly large amount of time. But once yeah. that starts to swing, it can, to your point about suddenly, it, economically, financially, that can move really, really fast as well. It's why when, when it comes to disruption, it they often say that something needs to be 10x or 100x better. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think this is the problem or the, the, the challenge that the neobanks have had. Yes. Um, so these are basically banks that don't have a physical presence and just basically run as an online sort of software kind of company, mm-hmm. which is... All you really need. I can't remember the last time I yeah. went into a bank branch. I just, I just don't ever do it. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, on all, in all, for all intents and purposes, it seems like something that should have been a much bigger thing than it is mm. uh, in Australia. It hasn't been. And my my take on it is is that it's incrementally better. Mm. Um, yeah. Which is not you, you, it's not enough. It, yeah. it, and that's that's why the. I mean, again, hack, talk about hackneyed cliche excuse <laughs> but let's. why you know but let's it's like the blockbuster netflix yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. thing you know netflix kind of carved out a little bit of a niche when they were emailing you dvds uh, sorry email posting <laughs> <laughs> mailing you dvds yeah, yeah. and then you could stream it and then yeah, that yeah, was that yeah. whoa this is this isn't slightly better mm. this is a hundred yes, times better yes right and that is yeah. the point at which it happens i think that's the same thing that will need to happen when some of the infrastructure gets built up for some of these competing techs mm-hmm. for, for banking, mm-hmm. was it sort of like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. I can sort of do this, this, and this. And it's like, yeah, you're not getting mass adoption with yeah. that. Yeah. When, when, when it just becomes stupidly easy, when it becomes instantaneous, mm-hmm. when it becomes uh, virtually free, you know, that, that's when it's like, that's when 
mum, dad, grandma, and grandpa go, "Yep, I'm doing I mean, that," and I don't. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember? I mean, um, one of the my go-to examples was is with something that we all know very well, which is email. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the in the in the in the very early days, you had to set up your own server. You had a piece of local software running on your machine. Yeah. It took a little bit to configure. I mean, you know, you, you couldn't get your parents onto it because yeah, it yeah. was just diabolically difficult. Or you had to use your ISP's own at bigpond.net.au account, whoever it was, and so that yeah. was, you know, you couldn't take it. You couldn't even take it with you. You had to log on your home computer. You couldn't look at the same emails across multiple computers because they were all got downloaded. They weren't available on the net. So if I downloaded it over here, sync. I couldn't get it over. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yep. 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 And and then and then Hotmail originally, mm-hmm. and then that's Gmail, right. yeah. you know, Yahoo, Yahoo and, they, yep. and yeah, and they and then it was just sort of like mm-hmm. go to this mm-hmm. website. Enter in, uh, create a name, enter a password, and you're and you're good. Mm-hmm. And you can access it anywhere, anytime. Now, now the underlying protocol didn't change at all. It was, you know, it's it's um, S- STMP, SMTP, um, SMTP. Um, mm-hmm. the, but but the but the but the user experience was radically overhauled. So I suspect we'll see something like that, and that that could be five years off. I don't know, but but when it does, that that comes to the point where it's sort of like, oh my god, this is super easy, and it's ten x better. Mm-hmm. Safer, faster, more secure. Yeah. But yeah, and 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 you know the banks will will cry foul. And I think when I mean, it happens. You mentioned zero before. I think or maybe we were talking before we got on air actually. In any case, zero as a, as a cloud accounting software is kind of the same sort of thing. If like exactly. desktop software yep. for accounting, it's all much more muchness. All of a sudden, it's cloud. Oh man, that's a thing. That's cool. Yep. But then so so zero getting people off desktop accounting is super easy. When yes. you come along and say, oh, my cloud accounting is slightly better than their cloud accounting, it's like, well, there's not a lot of, you know, it's got to be that generational shift, that that quantum leap between new functionality or price or offering or interoperability or something. Um, and that's the, you know, that, then, that is- that And is then the look journey. how, and look at, Zero is a great example because look at how rapidly that rolled out yep. once it yep. got that yes, traction. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it sort of, there, there, there were a lot of sort of hardcore devotees in yes. the early days of Zero. Yes. Oh, it's great! It's great. You should really use it. Like, yeah, it's kind of cool. But have you ever changed accounting software? It's a pain in the backside. <laughs> yeah, it's right. super difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. It's a little, and then, yeah. and then it just again slowly, and then suddenly, mm-hmm. and then you, then your accountant saying, actually, I need you to use this because yeah. it's just so much yeah. better. Yeah. And then, and and, and uh, yeah, it, it's exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe another factor when it comes to the banks uh, is there's there's a there's a weird social dynamic as well where. Every now and again, you're speaking to someone and say, oh, I bank with, insert, mm. you know, mm. third tier unknown bank name here. Yeah. And you go, what? Yeah. yeah that's and right. it feels risky, Doesn't right? It? Like yeah. it's stupid because it's yeah. all governed by the same yeah. regulations, yeah. the same guarantees in place, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But I think with, with uh, Australians, I, I won't speak to the international experience because I, I, I mm. don't know. Mm. But I know, I know here mm. that we, it just seems sensible and safe to go with one of the big four. Yep. Because that's yep. what you do, yep. and they're all bastards. But uh, and, and and then you, you you speak to some of these neo banks. Go, guys, we're offering you better interest rates. We're giving you lower fees. Yep. You can get a mortgage in in half the time. Rah, rah, rah. It's like yeah, it just feels mm. risky. Mm. And that, there's no rationality behind it. Yeah. Um. So there's there. I think that's they've got that going for that that in massive inertia. Is, you know, what? I like is, that actually. I think, but I think it's. I was going to take the other side of the same point you're making, ironically, Matt, and defend that decision because. To the extent that it is um, irrational or, or it's not that risky, it's also it's a bit like chess for mine. You know, the mm. chance that a reputable broker is going to go broken and take your money with you not very high. But I'm just going to take chess because because why would I not? The, the you know mm. the, the, the the infinitesimally small chance that PageBank goes broke 
versus a point of money with Combank. It's like, well, I know they're in theory the same, but it's not, yeah. to your point about having enough upside, uh, being, you know, like, you know, meaningfully different. It's like, well, unless PageBank is really, 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 really different, yeah. I'm still going to go, all right, maybe I'll give up a couple of, you know, 0.2% interest in whatever, but at least I know that I know that I know. And mm. so that, that, you know, that's, there, there is something, I think, in that, just that, the, the value of incumbency. And you're so it is social proof for sure, but there is something infinitesimally small but in the, in the world of getting rid of unnecessary risks you know I'll give my bank money in a bank and, and a bank could go broke alright that's a risk I think, can then choose the banks well I might as well go with the one that I kind of feel you know better about it, it, yeah. it, it does make some it does make some instinctive and, and I think actually just financial sense not to take li- like tiny return risks even if they've got tiny chance of happening because what you know why add another risk to what's already a you know a, a challenge in life I, I hear that. I, I just think the appraisal of some of these risks aren't ration, aren't based in, yep. in objectively, yep, and fair. and then they're, they're not looked at. Like if you go okay. to the the teachers' credit union or something, it's just like yes, what yes. that seems obscure. Yeah, I yeah. don't, you know, it's like it's like you you often rail rightly on Twitter about get a, get a better rate. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, like what you yeah. you're, you're hitting that you're hitting your head against the wall, yeah. screaming into the yeah, wind. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And people go, yeah, yeah, that makes I a lot should, of I sense. Should, that's yeah. literally <laughs> that is literally thousands of extra dollars in my pocket, yeah. but no one does. I'll, well, but I'll drive across town for for a couple of cents saving on a take a petrol instead. Yeah, and so I'm not saying I'm not saying going to some no, really no, no. you know dodgy kind of shop here, yeah, but it's sort yeah. of like yeah. pe- pe- we're just we're just we're just lazy, I think, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but that's yeah. anyway. Full circle. That is why we need something just to be just a, a gazillion times better, yeah. and then things things will start to happen very rapidly when it's just like I don't understand anything about this technology or that, but I know that if I go to this, uh, download that, put that on my phone. I can now bank internationally, globally, much more secure, much faster. And if and now I've also got the social proof because grandma's using it and Bob down the road. And it's just sort of like it it, it gains that societal tick of approval mm. that this is this is now legitimately a thing. Yeah. I'm doing my best to not mention a certain way thank by you. explaining all oh, of this. But 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 as smart as I was talking, I'm like, oh he's gonna mention something, he's gonna mention Bitcoin. No, so I, he's just, I won't, he's just wanting to <laughs> I, I feel as I feel as though that's where what needs to happen and uh yeah, the work is happening. It's just slowly and suddenly. We'll see. Back, speaking of full circle, back to back to my uh, Twitter troll. If you want to see that conversation, that is a very good reason just to follow uh, Andrew at Sage underscore Simon and myself uh, at TMF Scott P because we had we had just a, a completely tongue in cheek tater tate on Twitter, which was just fun. So uh, that was that was the whole the whole basis of the of the entire conversation was was that was that comment that started. I think it's worth actually fleshing out because you and you make you make some good points, mate. So there you go. If you weren't going to follow us already uh, and you want to see some some real time, yeah, I said it's pretty tongue in cheek, but um, uh, some real time conversation on Twitter from. Uh, the other day, I think it was Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I did. We did have to put it. it fun. Put a pin on it. Then I kind of thought, you know what? This is going to be like a four hundred tweet thread. <laughs> let's agree to disagree on this one. <laughs> yeah, mind you, you said let's agree to disagree, and then you threw in the remind me of this in five years thing at the bottom, yeah. which I thought was you know, you're not putting a pin in it. You're just putting a temporary pin that you want to try and pull out in five <laughs> yeah. years of time. And go, and I told you. So we'll have to do this to podcast ma- at least for another five years, so you can do a victory lap in uh, November twenty twenty seven. The master, the master stroke there is, is if it doesn't go my way, it's like five years is a long time for everyone. <laughs> no one's going to remember exactly. And if it, if it does, I'll be like, hey. <laughs> I know you, you. I was on that tweet, mate. I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to. Do I get reminded as well, <laughs> yeah, or just you? Yeah, Who gets reminded? Right. Do you know? Yeah, I think, I think anyone in the thread. Might All right, there so we go. We'll, Good. Well, we'll, well, one of us, one of us, humble, humble pie. No, I mean, it wasn't even, it wasn't even that big a deal. It was just, just some fun, mate. Let, let's move on though. Um, Macro-wise, a couple of big things since we last recorded. The first was in the UK on Thursday night, 
Australian time. Um, they jacked rates up three quarters of a percent. I think we recorded after the Yanks had done it. The Poms did it after that. Uh, they're now forecasting two years of economic contraction, which would be the longest period on record. Now, I don't know how that's not possible with the Great Depression. Either it was shorter than that or maybe just a, the way they're recording it with quarterly GDP or something else. I don't really know what the base is. But in any case, whether it's on record in the last 90 years, that's still a very, very, um, a very, very miserable forecast to be making. So those are... Those are interesting and, and, and worth thinking about. Here at home, uh, you, you mentioned as we before we came here to, to put down, just the difference between consumer spending and consumer sentiment. And mm. it, I, it was a really good point because early in the week, I think it was Tuesday, um, we got consumer spending number out for September. This is a, an experimental series out from the ABS, the Australian Bureau of Statistics, uh, on household spending. September spending was up, I think it was 2.7% on the previous month. Now it's September, so it's six weeks ago, but most recent data we've got. So that's a big deal. At the same time, on the same day, uh, I think it was a Westpac consumer confidence number at 78.9 when 100 is neutral. It's the lowest mm. number since April 2020. And before that, you have to go back to the last recession to get consumer confidence numbers that low. It's and April pretty, 2020 was the was right. you know the, the was was when the we were all fears. thinking the, yeah. yeah it's going to be yeah. like the movie Contagion right like yeah, that's exactly. that's what we were thinking reasonably so actually at that point in time too yeah so look I think I think uh, so so I mean again you, you raised it mate so I'll, I'll get you to, I just want to set it up but but how do you how do you look at those two numbers consider those two numbers what's going on so I was chatting to someone the other day and I think a lot of finance people. In fact, I saw you know a couple of reports on the telly, mm. and we we tie ourselves up in not knots trying to explain how that makes sense. Yeah, and well, it's because of you know uh, on one hand we've got some pent up savings from the mm. last couple of years, and so we're all a bit negative, but we've still got a bit of extra cash to spend. And it's just like mm. a lot of economics, and certainly a lot of um, punditry is really about just creating narratives that sound good. I mean, yeah, right. they're, 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 they're kind of just, you can't disprove them. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that sounds plausible. I can't, it's not like a physics experiment where I can go <laughs> out and just like, you know, yeah. <laughs> actually measure it. It's yeah. sort of like, we know what the data is, but but to explain the data, yeah. um, we people just say things that sound plausible and 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 very intelligent people can come up with very different yet plausible scenarios mm, mm. so my take on it is that preface <laughs> speaking, out of the yeah, way exactly. <laughs> speaking of people making up stuff yeah go i'm gonna do the same I, by the way i'm not laughing at you I, i'm laughing with you go on i just we don't know right so make up your own mind but i i suspect we kind of are well across this because it's our jobs and our just our mm-hmm. passions and our interests, and so we watch all of this kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I suspect that the vast, vast, vast majority of people are just living their lives. They're looking after the kids. They're, you know, dealing with with crap at work. They're trying to pay a mortgage, whatever. And and you know, you see something that you want. Mm-hmm. I've got some money there. There's some money. There's some credit available in the car. I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Yep. I'm not. Yep. I'm not thinking. Oh, actually, the uh, macroeconomic situation globally <laughs> is deteriorating, and the uh, gilt market over in London is so. So I wonder if mm. I, I play that forward, and you know, I factor in my forecast for uh, interest rates and inflation. No one's thinking that, mm. and I'm not saying that in a critical way. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying because yeah. we, we are all we are all dealing with a thousand little tiny things in our lives that mm. just mm. you know. And it, it, the simple reality is is that when you ask someone in a survey, what do you think mm. of the economy? It's like, mm. well, actually, I watched the news the other night seemed pretty dark mm, i don't know yeah my int- my mortgage just went up a little bit i'm a little bit nervous <laughs> so they'll answer that on the survey yeah, yeah. and then i'm at westfield and it's just like oh 
new pair of shoes. Uh, yeah, why not? I'll do it. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make it sound like, oh, that's a dumb decision necessarily to do. Yeah, yeah. I just I just don't think people will stop spending yeah. when there's a real hard, if, I shouldn't say when, if there is a real harsh wake up calls, like, oh yeah, my right. gosh, we just got hit with a, with, with a huge increase in electricity bill. Mm. The mortgage uh, has now increased uh, to, the, to the full extent. Um, the mm. fridge carked it, the car needs mm. it, you know, uh, uh, new, new tires and everything's come at once. And that's kind of like when I was like, okay, now, now I have to sort of pay attention and stop my spending until you get to that point. People are just going mm. to continue mm. to spend. And, and we've, we've also got to put that in the historical context of excluding the blip that was COVID. Mm. We haven't had a recession in 30 years. Yeah. Uh, it was it? Yeah, 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 thirty years. More than thirty years. 30 yeah. years. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, so you've got people in their fifties for their mm-hmm. entire mm-hmm. working life yeah. have never had that. So yeah. it, it's sort of like I don't think. Whereas our our grandparents and the sort of the, the depression era generation mm-hmm. would a very had a very visceral, real experience with what real economic pain looks like. We just haven't had it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like just just keep swiping that card keep tapping away mm-hmm. why not because things yeah. have always worked out well things have always bounced back oh yeah we've had a few what, what, what was there there was a there was a, a gfc and that but nothing really happened here in, in, in australia you know there was sort of some stuff happening with greece and ireland there mm-hmm. for a bit but mm-hmm. you know never really impacted me you know more or less markets have continued to gone up my properties continue to go up my, i've been fully employed <laughs> more or less my pay's gone up and that yeah. i think that's the scenario of yep. it and so until until something punches you in the face I don't see that's going to change, even though if you ask me I'll, and I'm forced to think about it, I might go, yeah, I'm not as confident as I was last year. So I think that's, I, I'm going to take a slightly different view, maybe or maybe just a different interpretation of the of what you just said. But I think the confidence numbers suggest people are already in that space. I, I think that, you know, when, when if 100 is neutral and 78 is the lowest effectively, leaving the COVID panic aside, um, not necessarily unreasonable panic, but COVID panic aside, if it's a recession level confidence, it says people are thinking about, if not the guilt market in the UK, at least the idea of, okay, crap, this is going to get tough. And generally speaking, confidence is a not unreasonable indicator of future economic activity, particularly spending. Mm. So I, I, my personal view is different to yours, which is always fun, I think, or maybe just maybe it's just the um, well, it's the a, emphasis. Well, but um, give give us your narrative. Well, I think I think we're sitting between two. You know, think about climbing a mountain, right? We come up one side, we're going to go down the other side and we're right on the, on the peak at the moment, right? There's some, there some mm. sense that September spending was good because of September, we hadn't had the October or November interest rate increases. We're spending down our savings because we had them and so things were okay. Fast forward to the, you know, whatever, 8th of November, whatever the data came out and people are like, okay, two more rate rises. I've seen the treasury, I've seen the budget, I've seen how crap the forecasts are. It's actually hit home now. And mm. so that confidence is, if it, to the extent the, the surveys are legitimate, and again, we can argue about the quality of polling for, for, for many years now, um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if this is a forerunner of lower levels of spending. People are saying, four in 10 people apparently, according to Westpac, are saying they're going to spend less money at Christmas. Um, mm. Whether that actually happens or not, again, open question. But it does strike me, mate, I, I, I think if I'm reading the tea leaves, and again, not to, as you say, we're all creating narratives, right? Which will, which will be either right or wrong in hindsight. And it won't, won't matter at all is the other thing. It just doesn't matter. Mm. Um, with, whatever we think is right or wrong, what is going to happen will happen, no matter what you and I say. Uh, I, I, do think we're, I do think we're probably at something of an inflection points too wanky a term and too strong a term because I don't think it's going to move on a dime. So the mountain example of like a, you know, it's a, a harsh angled peak is probably also wrong. But I, there is, I just, I feel like there's some sense of we've got through the savings, the rates keep going up. 
you know, there is some sense of the future's going to be bleak. And if you're thinking like that, I might lose my job or maybe I won't go and spend this thing or, you know, inflation might keep me up. I maybe I better pull back or what if there's another rate rise, I better save some more money. I, I, my, my two cents is all I'll, I'll bet. But my two cents is that we might see reduced spending in the next couple of months. And maybe, maybe we get through November and December. People say, screw it. We'll, just, we'll do Christmas, enjoy it. Then January will tighten the belts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I do think we will start to see now reduced I don't reduce spending because I'm not saying recession, but I do think we'll start to see some of those things come through in economic activity. Answer me this. I, I, sus- I think this is the case, but when they look at consumer spending, they're mm. looking at the dollars spent. Yes. Now, we also know that depending on what particular thing you're looking at, um, prices are close enough to 8% higher. Correct. Annualized is there an inflationary impact there? Yes, so, absolutely. like, even if we're all buying the same number yes, of yes. two minute noodles, mm-hmm. The spending has gone up because the price of a pack of two-minute noodles has gone correct, up. To, correct. to choose some random example, yep. yep. So that's that's that that doesn't explain the 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 the, the size of the, the total, consumer but yes, spending but increase, but, but partly, sure. right? Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It's and particularly this particular series because this is an experimental series from the ABS using bank mm-hmm. transaction data. So they're not even they're not even doing it at a business level, and saying who's who's spending what in your store. The ABS yep. inflation data, uh, sorry, the ABS GDP data does allow for inflation they do try and adjust it the implicit gdp deflator is my one of my favorite economic wanky terms um so they, they do they do allow for that in 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 those sort of data points but you're absolutely right man inflation is part of this for sure absolutely okay. for sure okay the other the other point i'll make i know i often do but it's worth saying is that there, there's so much hidden in these averages you know we yep. go out we survey a thousand people and this is the result yeah totally like, right it, it, there is there is no average person yeah right? like there's there's some people who have never had it better right now and some people that have never done it tough it, it's sort yeah. of, it's <clears throat> it's not that that's to say that there's not it's not informative. It, it very much is, but it, there are there are dangers as always in in averages. And yeah, yeah. you know, if I've got one foot in a pot of boiling water and another one in the bucket <laughs> of ice water, it's not like I'm exactly. okay overall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I think that that point does does bear repeating because I think totally. we all naturally put things in our own context. I know we you hear people speaking about these things and some people go, you are so out of touch. That's completely not my situation. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's just like, yeah. I just, just acknowledge that because um, yeah. yeah, it will depend. I, I'm going to quickly just um, add, add some more of that and then we'll move on. But I think that's so true mate, in a whole lot of different ways. And I, I, I want people to think about the way these things happen. So banks say, for example, 60% of people are, are ahead in their mortgage prepayments, which is great. And, and, and more than yeah. ever, that's also great. But when we have mortgage defaults, they might be two or three percent is what we tend to get up to, right? So the sixty percent probably are okay now, but probably would have been okay anyway. Three and a hundred may eventually default, and they're probably not those sixty. So saying sixty percent are ahead is it could be eighty, it could be ninety three percent, it could be ninety seven percent. If the other three percent still default, they're going to still default. Same with mm. unemployment. When unemployment goes up, it goes up from you know at the moment three and a half percent to maybe seven percent or seven and a half percent. So that means only four of every hundred people actually lose a job, which again is massively important for them, massively important economically, but you don't need everybody to, you know, it, these aren't 55% mm. impacts where it's like half of us stopped paying our mortgage or half of us lost our jobs or half of us stopped spending at the shops or whatever. It's literally those edge cases. And even GDP, a recession is negative growth for six months. It can go from plus two to minus 0.5, mm. you know, or if it goes from, it goes from four to one and a half, it will decline as much as if it goes from 1.5 to minus, or from 2 to minus 0.5. The, mm. the, the quantum change is the same. But the emotional, psychological, financial, economic impact, the flow-on impact of that sort of stuff, um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, mate. These are, these are edge cases, 
but they do have broad economic implications. And we can't, the average will say, the average home buyer won't lose their house. The average, you know, the, the average business will not go broke. The average employee will stay in their jobs. Those things are all true, as you, as you rightly point out. Mm-hmm. But when a small number of people don't pay, lose their jobs, businesses fold, that causes, you know, gen- oh, that's generational, that's too much. Uh, that causes years of economic pain that we have to then recover from. Yeah, yeah. Hey, all, um, all, you can, all you can do is play the cards you're dealt, right? Totally, and totally. and I, I think one of the other things that's worth remembering too is is that in a bizarre kind of way, the financially prudent have actually been punished <laughs> over the last fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, because <clears throat> if you, I mean, if you had a time machine, you went back. I mean, what what is what is the lesson that you would take back with you from the future? Mm-hmm. The lesson would be gear to the eyeballs yeah right yeah. That, that's 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 how you make the most money because mm. we know what what markets and properties have done yeah. over that period of time yeah, exactly. so that's the person right. who said no yeah. i i want to i want to make sure that i've got a really big deposit and mm. i want to make sure i've got savings and all mm. of that kind of stuff has actually been has actually been the one who's been punished so yeah. it's sort yeah. of um uh it, it, it there we all of us reach a point i think of capitulation where it's mm. kind of like mm. oh, i can't beat them join them kind yeah. of thing yeah after a while, I guess I would urge trepidation on that front. <laughs> it's like it's very hard to hold your nerve when everyone's partying with no consequences. But, exactly. but you know, again, we can only deal the, the play the play the cards we're dealt. And I, I, I think it's always over the great arc of of, of history mm-hmm. and different um, areas and different points in time. Generally speaking, financial prudence has has, has been the better the better way to play it. I think it is. It's back to kind of the, the risk stuff we talked about before, right? Like yeah, nine times out of ten, you make a fortune. That time you go broke. Yeah. I don't know. You want to play Russian roulette with ten bullets? No, thank you. You know, oh, it's it just because the averages averages work on a large time scale for a lot of people across lots of periods of time. But you yeah. only get one life or one you yes. know, game of Russian roulette or one amount of capital. You know, Buffett talks about not going back to square one, and that that's mm. literally don't 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 waste years of compounding both past and then potentially lack fewer years in the future. Trying to make that bet that might possibly win you some money. It's we talked about it before. Some people who go to jail for stealing, you know, four thousand dollars. It's like yep. really you're gonna you get like think about the risk and reward on that. <laughs> you know, um, it's it's just it's just crazy. Anyway, it's it's one of those it's one of the things that as, as you say absolutely bears repeating and, and remembering. Um, it's the whole get rich slow thing, right? It's like how many risks do you want to take? If I knew I could get rich slowly, would I take the risk get rich fast? Not a chance. Because if I knew that I knew, nothing's guaranteed. But it's just like it's such an obvious thing, right? There's a, there's a certain gentleman called Sam Bankman-Fried who's finding this out right now. <laughs> we will talk worth about 15, that Worth $15 billion last week. Not <laughs> oh, so much anymore. Mm, and uh, mm, I, again, you know, just just hyper, hyper leverage, did all this stupid stuff. And, yeah, and yeah. It's, just, it's just a wonderful case in point. I mean, man, if, if, if people buying JPEGs of monkeys wasn't a sign <laughs> of the top, you know, it's so obvious in hindsight, oh, wasn't it? But it was obvious but it's, at the time, though, mate. That, like, that's like realistically. I, I don't think you and I, you know, like some people will say it's, it's obvious in hindsight. It was, it was obvious at the time, wasn't it? I mean, come on. It, I'm, I'm going to give a little bit of credit, a little bit of a victory up on this one. NFTs are the yeah. most stupid thing in the entire history of the entire world. Yeah, um, at least, yeah, at least yeah. the way they're being done. I understand there are tokens that are valuable for different things, but fairly. Oh yeah, no. So, so. But I guess it, it, it highlights mm-hmm. the point, though. It's just like, oh, this is stupid. And then your mate rocks up in a Ferrari the next day. It's like, what? You go, okay, this I'm, I'm not doing this. Um, and and then you know, then another mate, you know, 
buys four investment properties in the goggles. Like, what? No, like, what did you do? I bought a picture of a monkey, and it's like <laughs> this is insane. And it, it just, it, it's, it's. Oh. I think you're right. I think any any right minded person sort of looks at that and goes in, in, and says and reaches that conclusion. <laughs> But after there is not was it Oscar Wilde who said there is nothing worse than watching your friends get rich, yeah, right? Like it's yeah, it's right. the most painful thing. And after a while, it, it, it takes a huge amount of discipline to mm. to to not eventually <laughs> capitulate and play that game. And we've used the most ridiculous yeah. example, but you could say the same about you know hyper hyper leverage negatively gearing into your fourth in investment property yep. um on as a you know as a fiery yep. or, or some yep. someone on a, a you know just average kind of wage it's yep. sort of yep. it it feels like you, you may have been able to sort of resist that for five years but after a point you go okay yep. this is just this is how you get ahead yep. and it's the not next, like the neighbor this, or the bloke some- at work doing it making a fortune like well i'm sitting here I, i'm the idiot for not doing it. i guess i better jump in and do it finally and I'm it's not just your idiot mate at the pub who's is, is, yeah. is egging you on you know there's a very well-dressed gentleman from from one of the largest <laughs> financial institutions in the country saying this is a good thing you know your financial yep. planner saying it's a good yeah. thing you know yeah. it's just everyone saying it's a good thing it's just like okay it's a good thing and and it's just it's very just very I'm just acknowledging that it's very difficult to not get up and dance when the music is 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 pumping and, and the yeah. punch bowl is full. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. All right, mate. Now, i got to... Can, can I, I won't say it's a victory lap. I own both of these stocks, but I was... I'm, I say I'm used. Uh, to see this morning that Berkshire Hathaway is now again worth more than Tesla. And that just makes me happy. <laughs> Wait a <laughs> sec, you own Tesla shares now. I do, I know. Well, that's why I've got to disclose, that's why I've got to disclose both of them now. The good news is, well, I don't, my young bloke does, his problem, no, I'm kidding. Um, I, we, I, I, think, I think I said the other day, we, we bought $25 worth of Tesla shares. So frankly, the, the loss of value there is not going to hurt me or my son too meaningfully. I, trust me when I say I'm more Berkshire than Tesla by a very large margin. Uh, so I'm happy overall. Uh, and I'm not, even, I'm not even really happy generally. It just kind of goes to the um, it goes to the thought, we probably, probably didn't spend much time on this actually, because it goes to the thought you were making before just about what things are worth and, and what sentiment does to share prices and other things. And look, I don't know what Tesla's actually worth. It could be a double this, half this, 10 times this, a tenth of this for all I know. Berkshire, probably more... Uh, easy to value because of its business whether higher or lower isn't you know it's just it's just not that variable because the future isn't that uncertain mm. um just because of the businesses that it owns and the, the cash flows that it generates um i just thought i just thought it was interesting and, and you know we've seen facebook it's now out of the top 20 i think or meta as it chooses to be called mm. what if they'll change the name back now that zuckerberg's had to um fire eleven thousand people and admit the metaverse made it happen um i don't know i don't know what what happens there it's just any, it's always dangerous at any point to say we've finally arrived at the place, mm. whatever place it is, high, low, up, down. People, you know, you, mm. Kathy Wood, eight months ago, saying we're finally uh, these things are really undervalued, and mm. they fall by half. It's like, okay, well, do they? You know, were they were they cheap then? Are they cheaper now? Were they expensive then? Are they less expensive or more expensive now because the businesses are even worse? Or all those things could be possible. Um, there's so much going. Tesla's fallen about fifty five percent, I think, year to date, which is just incredible when you think about the sheer dollar value lost. Uh, in some of those declines it's it's a it's an interesting time to be an investor mate i i'm tempted to i'm tempted to think that at the very least <laughs> it's better value there's less optimistic valuations in some of these companies and if they are worth what they were selling for then they're obviously cheap if they were never wor- worth that 
then maybe they're closer to kind of their fairish value now. Mm. Um, you know, I don't like the term correction, generally speaking, because uh, there isn't one on the other side, the upreaction, as, as you like to call it. Um, <laughs> just but, sounds uh, so wrong. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so you know, down, down when things drop, they don't always drop in, for good reasons, nor do they go up for bad reasons. In fact, mm. history would say it's exactly the other way around. Um, I don't know. It's tempting to feel like there is some more reality in share prices now maybe some of that exuberance that came with free money is abating and probably deserved to be but it's also possible that in a year's time these stocks have doubled again and they're back to where they were and this is the buying opportunity not the air quotes correction or or you know some sort of more realistic um value for these things do you have a do you have a thought yeah, I mean, I'm, I just I'm always reminded of that that Buffettism of investing being simple but not easy, um, <laughs> yeah. because I mean I'm I'm really tempted here just to rattle off all the usual sort of things, you know. It's like, well, things are more attractively priced, and this yeah. is the time where you should be more aggressive, you know, be be yep. greedy when others are fearful, yada yada yada. You don't even need me to say. <laughs> Every everyone listening to this podcast knows, right? Yeah, yeah. And yet, it's hard. And, and just to the earlier discussion we were having as well, it was hard on the way up because I've either I've either felt like I've missed out or I've just got to ape in or is, you know is it a new normal or just it's 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 never ever ever clear what to do, and as we repeatedly say, what the market is doing isn't the, isn't true and correct either. I mean by yeah, by definition, yeah, like you can't be a stock picker and think the market is always right because otherwise mm, you just mm, you're wasting mm. your time, right? Like it's always fair, so mm. it's so. You can't hold it, the cognitive dissidence at play amongst <laughs> investors is just yeah. is a legion. You know, it's just yeah, sort of yeah. like the market is this crazy thing that's going to give you all these opportunities before you mm-hmm. buy, and you mm-hmm. buy, and then the second that it plunges twenty percent, <laughs> like it's, it it knows something that I don't know, and it's it's yeah, the one yeah, that's yeah. correct. Like you, you yeah. can't no, both things can't it's be crazy, true. Hey? Yeah. So so yeah, I, I look, I I think. And and it's also blanket statements are always unhelpful. So you look at <laughs> you, know, you just said you made a blanket statement about blanket statements, then, right? Yeah, I did, didn't I? Blanket statements are always unhelpful. Never ever ever generalize. Never generalize. <laughs> um, but it's kind of it's kind of like ah, uh, were a, a year ago were some things insanely irrationally priced? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, but w- was everything? No. Mm-hmm. Today things have have corrected to use your favorite term Mm -hmm. and uh a lot of them probably deserve to but did all of them deserve to no i mean this is where you've got to you know can't listen to a podcast and just get all the answers Mm -hmm. is where you've got to go out and do the work you know the 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 reality is the cold brutal reality is that you've got to go out there and understand what businesses that are available to be purchased and what what is a fair rational objective assessment of value and is the market giving you an opportunity now and <laughs> you know, for a lot of for a lot of for a lot a lot of companies, the answer will be no. It's still ridiculously expensive. Um, for others, it'll be oh my gosh, it's a bargain of a lifetime. And in ten years' time, you'll kick yourself for not taking advantage of some of the some of the opportunities that are being offered now. Even if you were to buy them and they drop another twenty percent before the upreaction uh, starts, you know. So it's it's really tricky, mate. It's it's really mm-hmm. tricky. Mm-hmm. And and you talk about Tesla being down fifty percent. Cop this. Meta is down 70%. Netflix is down 60%. Here at home, Woolworths is down more than 20%. 
You know, so it's sort of like, That's, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not just L- a lowering tide sinks all boats. Is that, is that is that the opposite of our usual rising tide lifts all boats? Yeah, comment? I, I just I just think that uh, you know it's um, uh, it's across the board. We we, we have we have seen um, and and by the way, these kinds of things are as painful as they are always healthy. Um, in, in a market, you know, you do need a little bit of that creative destruction to get rid of some malinvestment to bring rationality back to prices. I just, it's kind mm, of like yeah, an imperfect yeah. system, but a pretty good system at, at, yeah. at large. Yeah. And you kind of need this because otherwise, you know, things, things get distorted very quickly and that leads to a world of pain. So it's, I don't know, I'm rambling at this point, man. I, I don't know what to make of it other than don't let the market tell you what to think. Um, if you, you can't, Everyone wishes for the market to fall so they can back the truck up. No one ever does it when it happens. <laughs> and now it's here. That's right. And that's then right. they expect that the moment you buy is the moment that the rest of the market decides that yes, actually this is an opportunity, and then we'll yep. correct it in, in, like in, um, instantly. It just it's super hard. It's super hard. I what am I doing? I'm doing what I always do. I'm keeping keeping my eye on on the on the actual things. Know what you own and why you own it. Yeah. And if I see value. I'll use whatever free cash flow I have coming my way to buy. And the timing will suck. But, you know, over the long term, it's worked out really well for me. I I expect it to continue to work out really well. And, and, you know, you get... You have to get used to looking really dumb in this game, <laughs> because even I mean, this is. But you mentioned Buffett. Some of us do better than others, to be fair. Yeah, true. <laughs> but but I mean, look at Buffett, right? How many times yeah. have the headlines written? But Buffett has lost it. Yeah. So yeah, now 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 Berkshire's worth more than Tesla, but for a long mm-hmm. time there, it was like you know this is the old economy. Yeah. He's yeah. he's a dinosaur, and, and now look where we are. And we've seen pot shots on Twitter at, at Warren Buffett and Bill Gates as if he's yeah. the master of the universe. Yeah, yeah. happens again and again. And here yeah. you have someone with a fifty-year-plus track record of just one of the greatest <laughs> all times. People over long yeah. periods of time yeah. laughing at the guy, yeah. and and it's sort of it, we all love to sort of take take down a tall poppy, but I, I feel mm-hmm. as though. You have to you have to be prepared for that yourself, even if it's only you laughing at you or your immediate close circle of friends and family that are laughing at you, because um, it's going to happen, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely going to happen, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's why the that's why those long term returns are there. Because if it were easy, everyone would do it, and that would that would arbitrage the opportunity away. Yeah, I think that's I think that's I think that's right. I. Let's let's go. Let's go. So, okay, a couple of things. I I wanted to just 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 because I always feel the need to make sure we're a little bit balanced. Not because you have to do both sides of everything, but it's also true that Nasdaq crashed eighty five percent in two thousand and didn't come back for twenty years. Yeah. So so you know a fall, and that's my concern with some of these. You know, ex companies halved. Well, it's Tesla. I mean, Tesla's a bit of a you know, um, it's an iconic one, and when people have very 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 kind of say cultish views about Tesla, uh, often in both ways. By the way, the, the anti-Tesla people are almost as, as cultish as the pro-Tesla yep. people, which is which is a sign of something. Yep. Uh, same as same as certain digital currencies that we want. Hundred percent. I was um, going to say, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, but it, well, I mean, that's, it's so again. I just want to make that point that you know, just because things have fallen a lot doesn't mean they have to recover. Or will recover doesn't mean it's a great buying opportunity. Um, as ever, you know, don't don't overdo the not you personally. Obviously, you've just said you yeah, but you know, for people listening, don't overdo the hey, it's crashed. Therefore, it must be good value. Therefore, I should buy it. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a massive Berkshire fan. I'm a massive Berkshire shareholder. Not massive in Berkshire context. Massive in my own portfolio. Uh, I must be. Uh, that's probably 20, 25% of my portfolio or something like that. Mm. Um, it's, it's worth just remembering that 
um, when, uh, you know, Berkshire is kind of the little engine that could, right? And to some degree, to your point, both ways, there's going to be some great opportunities and, and great value that gets presented because of market. You know, when Woolies falls 20%, now, again, I think it was it was overvalued, as I'm pretty sure you do. I think it's probably still expensive. Yep. Um, but it's 20% cheaper than it was. So if you liked it X period of time ago, you should like it more now. Mm. And it's a solid business that has a thing and does a thing, and we know it, right? Yep. There's other companies out there who are trying to be the next X, means an industry disruptor, whatever. Mm. And maybe they do. And if they do, they're worth a lot, lot, lot more than they are now. If they don't, they're probably worth zero and there's lots in between. Yep. Uh, again, those crypto exchanges you mentioned before were trying to revolutionize the world and, and just straight out didn't, haven't. Yep. And it will probably go broke as a result. Yep. Um, Good riddance. See you later. So, yeah. And so, but but also, you know, Berkshire is the little engine that could. It's one of those stocks that just keeps keeping on, keeping on for all of the grief and excitement and whatever. I tweeted on Thursday morning. Um, if investing feels like a soap opera, you're doing it wrong. Mm. You know, and if you're reading the gossip stories, and you know, we all like the story of the the, the, the you know the, the the poor kid made good, the Andrew Forrest story, mm. and we kind of like the stories of the you know tech bro who gets his backside handed to him and some crypto exchange crash, and as you said, good riddance. And and yeah. those aren't those are human. Those are human nature, right? But if mm. you're conflating that, if you're spending more time reading the gossip stories. You know, if you're reading the Women's Day section of the Wall Street Journal, you're not doing it right. You know, if you're reading the, the new idea version of the AFR, yeah, they're, and they're the ones that are going to get the clicks because it's like, hey, look at this car crash story we can't tear ourselves away from. And I'm not saying don't necessarily do it, but the amount of time, effort, energy, whatever you spend following the, the cool story, mm. rather than just, you know, Buffett moves to Omaha away from New York City because he said he feels like an oversexed man and a whatever. And, and, and you know, that was his, his phrase. The idea of, you know, there's just It was a different time. It was, it a, was different a different time. time. There's, there's too much stimulation, right? The idea of just, there's so much going on here, I can't think straight. So what does he do? He, puts, he just walks away and says, I'm going to go sit in a computerless office in the middle of the Midwest of the US and, and buy companies. And it's not exciting. I don't do it because I don't do it for the dopamine hit, right? I'm doing it because I want to slowly build massive amounts of long-term wealth. Um, so if it feels like a soap opera, and I, just, I guess I would, uh, you know, we can talk about the crypto um, crash, but it's kind of one of those things of like, the story's interesting and everyone's talking about it. So we'll probably have a view on it. We probably should share a view on it. But if we get caught up in that at the expense of the stuff that actually matters, mm. it just, it's just a, it's a distraction at best and probably costs you money um, at worst because it, it keeps you away from the better ideas or you get sucked into the idea of the exciting thing that we're talking about right now. Yep. Um, you know, Woolies down 20% over the last whatever period of time. Tesla's down 50%. Berkshire's down 4% over the last year. Yeah. Now, you know, still down and not great. And again, I'm not taking victory laps here. Um, I, I, as you say, Tesla has outperformed Buffett for a very long time. So it's not, it's not to say, obviously, it was always right to do. And I'm not saying Tesla's undervalued or overvalued. I have no view on Tesla shares right now. But just it's just it's just worth thinking about the... It's the tortoise in the hair. It really, it really is, right? The mm. boring, the boring ninety-something-year-old bloke in Omaha who's just going about making a squillion dollars for his shareholders, and the people on Twitter and Facebook and you know, social media and and the AFR with the story about this and that and the other that gets all the press. You know, news is news, but wealth is not necessarily done in the front page of the AFR. Yep, I, I two thoughts on what you said. First is that if something is exciting, well known, and popular, it almost by definition can't be attractively priced not always true but no it's such a good point yeah but generally true um and and you you talked about you know with with the dot-com crash you know it took so long for the nasdaq Mm -hmm. to recover that's Mm -hmm. true and there's a lot of rubbish in in that um and a lot of really uh healthy um clearing Mm -hmm. of the decks Mm -hmm. um but that was that was the time that you could have bought Amazon at you know yes. cents on the dollar. That was the yes. time that yes. you could have bought. I mean, all of the big tech companies today that, that are the biggest companies in the world, 
you could have bought for peanuts. And they were the exception to the rule. Um, but I think that's that's what I try to remind myself of in, in times like this. It's not that something's cheap because it's down 90%, but it's that, it's that absolute panicked, you know, system-wide sell down that mm. that is going to inevitably see a bunch of babies thrown out with the bathwater. When we we're chatting in the year 2032, we will be looking we will be using examples from now. Like remember when XYZ yeah. was trading yeah. at this. <laughs> you know, we just yeah. gone through this yeah. horrible 2022 bear market that <laughs> went into 2023 and god yep. knows how long yep. it lasted, but wow, you could have bought X at that price. And and I know I don't know what it is, but I you know I well I've got opinions I suppose, but it's they're, they're, what I know for sure is that there 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 are dozens of those kinds of opportunities mm. out there today, mm. and that's what keeps me going is is knowing that 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 they're there to be found for those that that want to do the work, and that even if you do find them, it won't be obvious. Like it'll be obvious in hindsight, but it won't be obvious at the time. That's right. That's and right. then and then your conviction will be so sorely tested because you'll do the work, you'll get the conviction, you'll build mm-hmm. it up, you'll buy it. Mm-hmm. And then as I always say, it'll drop another 20%. And then it'll sit there <laughs> for two years. Yeah, yeah. And everyone will be laughing at you, as I said before, and you'll, the demons will come at night and haunt you and you'll toss and turn. You know, it's just, but, but that's, that's, the, that's the price of admission. And, and that's, that's unfortunately what you've got to do. But I'm, I'm excited and steeled by, by that opportunity. Yeah, nice, nice. Mate, some. Um- can we talk a little bit about bank profits um, only in the context of, well, only in the context of two things. One is the fact that they are massive. <laughs> two, Westpac was out this week, its profits fell. NAB was out, its profits rose. But both are being very clear. Uh, Westpac's abandoned its cost-saving target. NAB has forecast inflation. These aren't necessarily even surprising things, but it does talk to... Um, it does talk to what they're expecting of the future. And I want to, I actually want to, I want to take a very different tangent here. And mm-hmm. I want to say that we should stop listening to bank forecasts. Yes. Um, and, and earnings guidance in general. I've, I've ranted about this before. I will rant about this till the day I die, I'm sure. Uh, or someone takes away my platform to do so. Or then I'll just rant to my friends and family. So if, if you feel anything, sorry for them. Keep listening You're wearing to a sandwich I, board in Martin Place. Pretty much, pretty yeah. much. The end is nigh and companies shouldn't give guidance. Um, it just, like... <laughs> The, the, the chance that someone involved in any business is going to know better than anybody else what the economic conditions are going to be by June 2023. You've already talked about the fact you don't know how long the recession is going to be or how long shares are going to stay down for or any of that kind of stuff because we mm. can't know. No. We, we're, we're stupid because not only do we listen to these executives who are smart people and know their businesses really well but have no idea about competitors or inflation or supply or geopolitical potential risks and or military, you know, um, conflicts and or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and yet we say to them, what's the, what are things going to be like by the end of the year? Mm. I, I just, I don't know, mate. Like on one hand, it's like, it's sobering. They're saying, yes, we think inflation is going to keep infecting our business. Sure. But why, why then? Why don't we ask the bloke working at the grocery shop or mm. the, you know, the lollipop lady at the school crossing or whatever? I mean, yes, they are probably maybe smarter than those people uh, objectively maybe they are more informed than those people because of their day jobs but that's that's kind of now well, in the past maybe they've got three months insight because they're signing three month pricing contracts right so maybe they've got some more information than that but i just for the life of me i don't know why we keep asking for guidance and listening to the answers 
Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me four thousand <laughs> times, definitely, definitely yeah, shame yeah, on me. Yeah. Like how many, how many times do these people have to be wrong, and we keep yeah. going back? It's 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 all on us, right? They yeah, exactly. they give us they give us these guidance because we ask for it. Yes, yeah. You know the the, 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 the uh, it should. What am I trying to say? A, a bank in particular, if I was running a bank. My focus would be on ensuring that we are mm-hmm. massively anti-fragile, to use the Taleb yep. term. So yep. we're super robust. So in other words, yep. recognizing that I don't know what the macroeconomic yep. landscape is going to do, but I want to be bulletproof. And Buff, speaking of Buffett, he talks about this because he yep. obviously yep. huge, huge exposure in, with insurance. Yep. But they, they are the company that everyone turns to when the world goes to poo because they've got such a ridiculously fortress-sized balance sheet of cash that's there is that they, they're kind of like indestructible. And in that, that indestructibility comes at a cost. And it comes at the cost of, of a lazy balance sheet so that when times are good, they actually leave a huge amount right, of money right, on the right. table. Um, you know, in hindsight, you think, well, Buffett should have done, yep. done this and yep. leveraged yep. up. I mean, not even leveraged, just like deployed all of the yes, cash. Yeah. Also, um, I remember the leverage conversation you were having about house prices before of, right. you know, how, how, how much risk do you take in those circumstances? Yep. What could we do or should we do and can we do? And hindsight's twenty twenty, but the risk you don't take can often be the one that saves you. You know, and there's a lot of interesting psychology and game theory at play there mm-hmm. as well, because I'm sure that mm-hmm. there's a lot of recognition of that behind closed mm-hmm. doors. At the same time, it's like, well, whenever the music's playing, we're going to dance because if we don't, we just get left behind. And we also know that there's a thing called moral hazard that, well, even if things do go bad, at least we all go bad together and we don't get singled out as being as being terrible. You know, it's like when, when the GFC happened, like, um, you know, no one pointed to a particular CEO of a particular bank. They talked of the banks uh, at large. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, oh, what could we do? It was a systemic issue, you know? So it's sort of the, that they are, they are they're going to play that game. The reality is that investors want certainty. We, we love to be told fairy tales. It's like my kids, they're getting to a certain <laughs> age where they know Santa's not real. But, you know. What? They know, but, no, but, the, but they don't the admit that. You can't say that in the podcast. Well, sorry, kids, if you're listening in the car. Well, they think, whatever they think, you know, but they 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 love to go along with it. And we're, we're mm-hmm. the same with adult, as adults, you know. It's mm-hmm. like we kind of know that no one can give us certainty, mm-hmm. but certainty mm-hmm. sells. And as yeah. I've said before, particularly in the game that we're in, you know, yes, exactly. You know, the the person who says, "Hey, we're going to give you some yep. investment yep. Um, opportunity uh, ideas." Mm-hmm. Oh, it's really hard. I think this is going to go good, but here's everything that could go wrong. <laughs> and I'm probably, you know, for every ten recommendations I give, four are going to go really badly. And just lay it out. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, you just you don't sell any newsletters, right? You just don't. And 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 and. The, the person who promised you instant wealth and you can trade this and you can quit your job and you can work three hours a week from home, that there's a million people lined up to pay whatever it takes to, to get in, in, in on that action. Mm. And it's, it's the same with the banks and, and, and forecasts. You know, it's like we're going to give you certainty. We're going to give you a sense that we know what's going on. Um, and we're going to keep playing the game um, because th- this is how it's this is how it's played. So you get, you just that's gotta, what, and that's what they expect, right? They expect, yeah, just look through it. Just look, yep. look through it all. I mean- I've yep. got to say, I've lo- I love to put the boot in on the banks, but forget what's going to happen. Mate, ANZ mm. has lost a third of its value since 2015. Mm. Since, well, I mean, what has happened to house prices since 2015? Mean, how have you lost a third of your value? Mm. You know, it, it is... It is um, they, you know, I'm not going to let you get away with that, right? With about saying that the companies are responsible for the share price. 
Uh, well, we could talk about the dividends and the fu- and the fundamentals um, as well. They're they're, they're not covering themselves. That's, that's what we should be doing, I think. But yeah, we, we should, we should. Yeah, and yeah. and but but it's it's a good reminder that that I think for too long we we have this idea in our head that these mm. are the, the 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 best of the best of the best, the bluest of the blue chip. Yes, and yes. no, they're not. They're paying a dollar forty six in twenty twenty two in dividends. Twenty seventeen, they're paying a dollar fifty nine. Sorry, twenty seven. Yeah, dollar twenty fifteen. It was dollar eighty. You know, their sales per share have gone down. Their earnings per share has has gone mm-hmm. down. The dividends mm-hmm. have have gone down. Mm-hmm. The shares on issue have gone up. I was gonna say that's the interesting one. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, it's it's Not kind. Of, lot, but but yeah. You yeah. know, like. <laughs> I always feel as though but whenever you say, oh, the banks, oh, you know, be careful of that, people look at you as like you've just, mm-hmm. I don't know, what, what are you smoking? And it's like, it's not, there, there comes a point where it's just objective fact. You can lay it on the table. It's like, don't take my word for it. Have a look at it. It's all published information. They, they have not covered themselves in glory. So and yet- this question, mate. I'll go, mm-hmm. go, go Yeah, well, I just, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what my point is other than the, there's a ex- certain exasperation that it comes with certain securities yeah. that are out there. We weren't going to talk about it, but I'll mention it very quickly, just the perpetual takeover <laughs> at the moment. One of the yeah. lo- longest, oldest institutions mm. in the country, founded by a former prime minister, has done nothing other than- really? Who's yeah. kind of perpetual? Sir Edward, Bur- Sir Edward Burton had a hand in- Barton. In one- there you go. Barton, sorry. Yeah. Uh, wow, um, I didn't know that they- I've learned something today. Thank you, mate. Yeah, That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, nice. I mean, again, I won't- yeah. I'll, let you, I'll let you dial it up on Yahoo Finance or whatever. Just look at what the company has done. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really done nothing for a couple of decades. It's gone way up and then way down, but it's mm-hmm. share price is back where mm-hmm. it was. Um, can, you talk, can we talk about the banks? Yes. Um, I, wanted, I, was, I started this talking about um, forecasts, but you made a more interesting point, so I want to go with that one instead. Um, Although I, I do want to make the, just the final point: don't listen to forecasts and stop asking for them and just ignore them because no one knows. Yep. Um, and Good. don't don't yeah. make your don't make your investing decisions based on what a bank CS is going to happen in June or, or an analyst is going to happen to share prices in June. They don't know. No. Um, how is it possible, given everything you just talked about about the banks and about the house price and about the consolidation industry and all those things? What's your best guess as to why the banks as a group? So share price aside and investment merits aside, just, just just the businesses, and feel free to talk about the other stuff as well if you want to. But I'm just I don't have a strong view. I, I could I could kind of cobble together some speculation. But mm. why do you reckon, given everything we've just talked about about the banks, the oligopoly you mentioned at the beginning, all the things that are happening in banking land, how have they not been able to grow profits over that seven, eight, nine year period? What, what's your best guess as to what's held them back? Uh, poor investment, um, shrinking net interest margins. Um, right. probably two bigger ones that come to mind. Yeah. I mean, the, the temptation for boards to take all this rivers of cash and invest it into the next thing rather than just being mm-hmm. content with where you are and maximizing cash flows for shareholders is, you know, it, it's just not as sexy. And, and remember NAB did it as well. They had a foray over into the UK and etc. Yes. It just blew up a bunch of shareholder capital. Uh, NAB went to uh, the US too at one point. And Sorry. Went to Asia. Yes. It's been a horrible- no, they went to, no, they went to the UK as well. It's been, the whole thing's been a, every, every international banking expansion thus far other than New Zealand has been a complete debacle. Yep. Look, look, how, look how great and, and genius we are here in Australia. Let's go yeah. over there and, and, and take yeah. on the locals. And it, they've always come back with their tail between their legs. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, mm-hmm. that's probably a big part of, of, what's, of what's happened there. Um, rather than just sort of saying we are on a really good thing, let's just do what we can. <laughs> you know, people yeah. chase growth. The the, the mm. chase, the pursuit of growth, has destroyed more value. I mean, growth is good. We need we need growth. I'm not saying that we mm, don't, mm, but mm, mm. but there are a lot of companies could provide far significant returns to shareholders just by being content yeah. with where they are. Particularly mature businesses like mm, like mm. these. 
just saying, this is what we do. This is where our competitive strengths lie. We're, we're going we're gonna to only reinvest what we can do to strengthen our competitive position and moat and where we are right now. Everything else goes back to shareholders and we're going to run as super lean as we possibly can. And I guarantee you, had they all done that, as ANZ had done that seven years ago, then their share mm. price would be double what it is today. I, I, I would I'd strongly argue. Yeah, I think I probably agree. I, I, I'm probably not as critical as you are, um, but I think, I think it, I, I, unwittingly, I think it tells the story of bank growth and maturity. And I think we fell into, I say we as a group, I don't think you or I, or, or certainly not the Motley Fool, both before you, while you were there and since you've left, and others have ever been particularly strong on the banks because the bank story was the story of aggregation and consolidation over. 25, 30 years from 1980 to 2010, 2015, something like that. Yeah, it was all deregulated, opened up. Right. And so, you know, the big banks got bigger and they gobbled up little guys and took a lot of share and all that kind of stuff. I'm I'm going to to say that since then, it's just been an unattractive industry to be part of because Mm. there isn't, once you own the system, once you are the system, you can only get system growth. And system growth in, in banking can only really be GDP plus or minus population plus or minus incremental credit, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's not so big it can be. Mm. Um, and so if you come when you're stuck in that situation, I think it is. I mean, to your point about net interest margin, I think that's right. I think as much as I do complain regularly about getting a better rate, and people should, mm. I, I actually it seems like the net interest margin has been under pressure almost the whole time. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure that. I, I think bank, being an Australian oligo- oligopolistic bank or a member of the banking oligopoly has been really, really, really profitable. The, the sheer dollars they're making are fantastic. If it was a family-owned company, you'd do it and say, I don't care about growth. Just give me my $7.3 billion, which NAB earned this week, yep. every year, and I'll be, I'll be more than happy. Thank you very much. That'll do. Um, I, think that's, I think that's true. But I actually do think I, – I think so I think it's a really attractive cash-generative industry if you are taking dollars out of it. But I, I have to say, mate, I actually I think it's I think, I, I think it's evidently post-growth. Mm. And I think, you know, in terms of – I don't necessarily blame them, uh, maybe as much as you do, for not growing. I just think, I think you are where you are, right? The, the market is the market is the market. Um, Net interest are under continued pressure because all four of them are trying to eke out something, and so they just nip here and tuck there and mm-hmm. cut here and try and cut more costs so they can lower more prices so they can, you know. And it's kind of way capitalism is supposed to work. It's definitely not particularly super um, effective in the banking industry. I think there's an argument to say there is an oligopoly to some degree, but I'm also not sure. If, I, if I'm really honest, rather than just being kind of snarky and whatever, mm. I'm really not sure the oligopoly is as strong as we maybe think it is based on the financials over the past five or eight years from any of the banks or the, the banking industry as a whole. It does seem it's kind of like, yep, we got to a certain size and we kind of trade a bit of market share between us, but mm. this is kind of it. If we, you know, if net interest margins keep coming under pressure, then that's all you can expect from the banks. Is that, is that a reasonable assessment of where we are and maybe what we can expect? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um and it's just as I say, we're full circle from the start of the app. We're, we're, <laughs> we are we are sailing into, and again, it may take mm. on various forms, and maybe it is just a neo bank kind of discussion. But they are Mm-mm-mm. they are they are very likely to be significantly disrupted. I, I feel so. It's kind mm. of it's not that it's not that I'm doom or gloom or anything like that necessarily. I just feel, and I, I know I always make this point, but it bears repeating. It's that mm. you want a bet where if you're right, there's much more upside than downside. And the best case scenario here is that we just muddle along, you know, and yeah. and maybe you, you you get your you know six percent gross up yield, maybe two or three percent extra, and that's that's fine. That's a perfectly decent return, by the way. You can get close to ten percent per annum over the long term with dividends reinvested. That's that's quite decent. Um, but that's about as best as you can expect. Like it's that's the top side. The downside is you do get disrupted. 
Um, the legs get taken away from the uh, the property market, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like you insert, insert, you know, existential risk <laughs> here, there and everywhere. It just, it just seems like a really poor bet. Whereas like best case scenario, I get 10% per year over the next 10 years. Worst case scenario is I, you know, I, I lose two thirds of my investment, you know, um, it might be a slow, painful death with lots of things in the way, uh, lots of lots of false starts along the way. But it just, gosh, that's unappealing to me. I, I'd far prefer something that, well, okay, I might get it wrong and I lose fifty percent, but at least if I'm right, it's a ten x return over that period. Um, anyway. Do you think you might feel differently if you were retired or not as ambitious an investor as you are? I, I'm, and yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think about. I'm not, not to say you're wrong. I'm just, I'm just trying to think outright about how our listeners should interpret that. Is it because it's the right way for everyone to invest is because it's your style of investing is, is it because you're worried about the down? Like how should, how should others listening interpret that thought? Oh, like I, you should do you is the, I mean, you've got to, (laughs) everyone's got to find a a process that works for them at their particular stage of life with their particular risk tolerance, with their particular skill sets and the rest of it. So it's certainly not advocating that this is the only way you should do it. just how I like to think about it. And maybe when I'm 80, I'll think about, I probably will very much think about it differently when I'm 80. Um, but I, I guess my, the only thing I'm saying is go in eyes wide open, wherever you are, whether you're 23 or 83, you know, that the, the, there is a risk reward um, landscape with any investment and, and just, just, just go in <laughs> with your eyes wide open is all I'm saying. And, awesome. and, 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 Here's here's the other thing too. Things things can change. So let's 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 say we do have a very deep and nasty recession, and that for the sake of argument, property drops thirty five percent, something like that. And there's a whole bunch of write downs, and ANZ goes from twenty four bucks a share to twelve bucks a share, and they start recapitalizing and they're doing share issues. I got to tell you, I'd be I'd be tempted, very tempted, in fact, um, to to buy a bunch of shares then. That, that for me is when you buy it because the, the arc of disruption is probably something that will play out over many, many years, but a, but a very nasty, like they're not going to go anywhere soon. And you've now got a situation where it, just as people get overexcited on the upside, they'll get very pessimistic on the downside. And that was, you know, think, think of the opportunity you had in, in 2009 with the banks. Gosh. And after they'd recapitalized, they'd raised money, you know. And so I was like, actually, this is a, this is now <laughs> it, it flips what I was saying before. Now you've got a situation where, gosh, I guess there's still some downside. You know, there, there always is, but but the upside looks very attractive, even if mm-hmm. even if things sort of get back to half as good as where they were. So it's you you got to you got to deal with things as as they are. I just think at this at this point in time. It's just a it's just a pretty ordinary proposition, and people look people are too simplistic. I feel, regardless of their their situation in life, is where they they too often look at a lot of these big companies and go, "It's big, it's blue chip, it's got a six percent fully franked yield." That's all I care about. Like, well, you say that, but but there are scenarios in here with these exact companies and and elsewhere around the world and throughout history where that dividend gets where it gets cut. And the share price drops by fifty percent. You know that that, that income in, conservative income investment doesn't look so good at that at that point in time. <laughs> so look, it's more than if investing sensibly was just about looking at a yield. Um, you know, again, it it's just not that easy. Very, very good advice. And that probably takes us out. Will you come back on Sunday? Hey, you did tease at the start, but we we're going to talk about what happened with the crypto exchanges. 
We didn't get well, to it. You kept talking. I we did. We passing, but you're right. We didn't We didn't quite get back to it. So uh, we maybe we should talk about that next oh, week. Look, look, can I say very, very quickly, um, all, all I wanted to say here is that this is this is very good. All of these casinos and frauds are, are being exposed for what they are. They took mm. a whole bunch of – they created things out of thin air. They got a whole bunch of people to, to – they pumped it all up. Um, they took the, that money and they, they leveraged it into all kinds of speculative bets. And then those things have all unwound. And that's that's what we're seeing play out now. And uh, it's a good thing, <laughs> is all I'll say. But what I will say, we talked about before about people will go, oh, now it's down. Now's a good time to buy. If if you're, uh, I'll use the polite term, PooCoin has a CEO, it's going to zero or effectively zero. And and uh, and just be just be very careful out there. This is the wild boy. This is this is 1999. I think what's happening here, or 2000, more accurately. And uh, and uh, yeah. Buyer beware. You've heard it first from Mr. Bitcoin himself. <laughs> Until Sunday. Full on. Cheers. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.